Is it time to upgrade to a vehicle that's right for your needs today? Get all the options you need at todaysdrive.com. Brought to you by Black Press Media. We'll get you into the perfect vehicle without the struggle of hours spent trying to find what's right for you. We're here to help make your search quick and easy, connecting you with a huge inventory of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Powered by Black Press Media. Visit todaysdrive.com. Welcome to PQ Beat, a podcast of the Parksville Qualcomm Beach News. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the Vancouver Island Daily and the PQB News. The NFL's regular season, 17 games for the first time ever, has just wrapped up with the playoffs set to start this weekend. Here to break down some of the matchups, as well as take a look at what's ahead for her beloved Seattle Seahawks, we're pleased to welcome back our Black Press NFL expert. Thanks for joining us again, Aaron Hellischuk. Thank you for having me back. Let's hop right into it and talk about the Seahawks. Your thoughts on their season in general? Overall, obviously a little bit of a disappointing season. Uh, however, the past month, I would say, definitely ended on a higher note and probably ended out the season as best as you possibly could. Not surprising with all of the injuries that it did go the way that it did, but I would say overall pretty disappointing. A lot of talk has been surrounding the trio of Pete Carroll coach, general manager John Schneider, and QB Russell Wilson. They've been together for a long time, been very successful. Do you see the trio staying together, and would you like them to stay together? You know, it's funny. If you asked me this question maybe a month or two ago, I probably would have had a different answer, but I've been able to kind of take a step back and look at it, and I have to say that I would both think that they will be back and hope that they will be back. They've really proven that without Russ at the helm, the franchise is not at all uh, half of what its legacy shows. He is clearly, clearly what drives the organization. And I think with Pete, while he has definitely been there for a while, and, you know, some might argue that some of his schemes and the way that he uses Wilson might be a little bit outdated, I think for the organization winning, I think it's a good thing. And I'd like to see them try again, but I could understand some of the rumors and some of Russ's frustrations when it comes to passing or the lack of passing. So I could see there being a little bit of bumpy roads ahead like there was last year, but I think for the most part, I think it will be okay. And I think they will be together at least for one more season. I would probably give it one more season myself. The hardest thing to do, I think, in the NFL is to find a franchise quarterback. And the Seahawks have their franchise quarterback, and a lot of the pieces around him have changed. And up until this season, I continued to win. It is interesting. Carroll's 71 years old, but he's a very energetic 71-year-old. So you think one more season? I think one more season. I think what really proved to me, and, and I agree, I think... You know, he's probably has one or two more seasons left in him in general. I think what really solidified it was the fact that the last two games, which were essentially meaningless for the team, he held the locker room. I mean, they didn't give up in those last two games and they played, like he said, you know, as if it was every game was a championship opportunity. And that's one of his cliches that he loves to put out there. But I mean, in this case, it really did prove that point and the team didn't give up on him and they fought right to the end. So I think showing that and having that and with Russ's just sheer determination to win, I think one more season for sure is in the cards. 
do you see Russell Wilson slowing down at all? Did the finger injury affect him? Absolutely. I mean, if you had to ask me one thing that changed with the season, it is 100% the injury. I think there are other factors, but I could see how directly impactful that injury was to him in general. I think his hesitation, that showed up quite a bit. And I think too, outside of the finger injury, just in general, I think he's 33 years old, slowing down a little bit, not doubting at all his athletic ability because he is as intensive as anyone I've ever seen. But just looking, you know, he's running less. Uh, He's not maybe quite as elusive in the pocket anymore. His rushing numbers are down. So I think that's just a natural thing that he is slowing down a little bit. But uh, I think his arm and his ability to just read defenses as best as anybody in the league. As a fan, though, how enticing might it be to get a giant package for him and essentially, you know, start over? It's definitely on the table. And it's something from as a fan, in my perspective, I've looked at it. But on the flip side, I've also looked at how incredibly difficult it is to get a franchise quarterback. And I think for what you could get in return, it's just not worth it. I think that is the elusive piece for the NFL is if you have your franchise quarterback, you're in a good position and you can build the team around that. I think it's much more difficult to have a really good team and an average quarterback. And there are certainly a lot of average quarterbacks out there and a lot of average teams as a result. So I think as tempting as it might be to see what you could get and you could probably get quite a bit, I really would hesitate a little bit at that. How about some of their pending free agents? Uh, We've seen a lot of them express their desire to come back. Who do you think are the most important ones to re-sign? Well, if the last month's really shown anything, I mean, I was caught off guard, I think, as much as a lot of people were by Rashad Penny. And I know the Seahawks did not take him up on his fifth-year option on his contract. I think he would be definitely at the top of the list to re-sign. I think with him and Chris Carson would be an amazing, amazing combination, both obviously very prone to injuries. And I mean, that position in general as a running back obviously very injury prone position but to have both of them I think would be amazing so I'd put him at at top of the priority list I think if you can get a couple of the defensive backs back that would be really good I know Metcalf I think has one more year left on his contract but if you can maybe get him to a longer term deal I think that would be really good as well and I'd be just really interested to see what happens with Quandre Diggs. I think he would be another person, unrestricted free agent to have back. And I think that would be a really good compliment to their defense. They're really developing a lot of the younger guys in their draft picks. But I think to have a couple of veterans, I think it would be a really good balance for the defense. Do you think that the nasty injury that Diggs suffered at the end there might reduce his price and make it more likely that he returns? I hope not. I could certainly see it happening, but I don't think it will happen. I think he's proven himself, especially in the latter half of the season, just how good of a player he is. And looking at the injury report that came out a few days ago, while it looked like a horrific injury, and it absolutely is, I think they were saying that in terms of a break to his leg, it's as clean as a break as you can get. So the recovery should be about four months. So I suppose looking at the bigger picture, if it had to happen, at least got the time to recover. And I think hopefully it won't affect his chances of getting picked up again. And how about Dwayne Brown? Left tackle is obviously a a keynote position. He's going to be 37 at the start of the season. Do you think he'll be back? 
I think he might be back. I know him and Russ have a really tight bond together. I know in the offseason, he was, as much as he was talking about the changes to the O-line, I think Dwayne Brown was one of the ones that he really wanted back. And I I think he's still got a little bit left in him. Uh, I think he's probably the leader on the offensive line. So I think in that regard, I certainly think he'll be back. And how likely do you think it is that Rashad Penny signs a hefty deal and gets injured in the preseason? (laughs) Um, The fan in me says, hopefully not. Uh, The realist in me says, there's probably a 50-50 chance. That position is just so, so violent. And look at Carson's history and, you know, all of a lot of the running backs in the league. So I don't want to think that, but uh, I think there's there's about a 50-50 chance. Rashad Penny is my new favorite player. Uh, picking him up late in the year on waivers helped me win my fantasy league. So It's a very good choice. Got a soft spot in my heart for him. What about overall? What do you see the team needs as? Maybe a, a couple of the top needs. The offensive line has been an issue for many years now. What are the biggest needs of the team? I would start for sure with the O-line. I think in any case, when you have a quarterback like you do here, I think the number one priority is to protect him. Going back to kind of what we talked about him slowing down a bit, you know, I don't think he's maybe as elusive in the pocket. And just to give him a little bit more time, I think would show up so well on the offense. So I think to bulk up that O-line is a massive priority for sure. And I think secondary as well. I mean, at the end of the season, we were seeing some shuffling going on with some cornerbacks and things like that. They were, I know, down to their practice roster at some point. And they showed some promise, but I think getting that secondary bulked up a little bit more would definitely be a high priority as well. I think one of the things that Pete Carroll has always done well is coach up his secondary. You know, you've had a a history of low round players coming in and doing really well or even you know players picked up late along those lines I think it really doesn't matter honestly as much in terms of who they pick up just how he coaches them I think that's been a real key for them over the years do you think Bobby Wagner will be back I wonder about that. Uh, that that was one question mark that going into the off season, I think it's going to have a really close look at in terms of the management and the front office. You know, he he's certainly speaking of age, getting up there in age, he's slowing down for sure. And he has such a massive contract that I think if he does come back, I think they'll restructure it and it'll be at a lower cost. But his backup, uh, Cody Barton, definitely showed some promise in these past couple of games when Wagner was out injured. I think he's in his second year or third year with the team. And, uh, you know, I think give him a few more years. And I think he certainly showing some promise and be a good replacement. So I hope this isn't the way that Wagner goes out on an injury. But uh, if it does, I wouldn't be surprised. So right now, as it stands, as a Seahawks fan, optimistic heading into next year? Cautiously optimistic. Yes. Yeah. I wish they had a few more draft picks. I think they're picking, I think it's 42nd this this draft in the second round, but cautiously optimistic. I think they have the right foundation and just need a few more pieces. Did they overpay for Jamal Adams? I 100% believe they did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was probably one of the, I wouldn't say the worst trades in Schneider's history, but it's top five, I would say. Uh, They gave up so much for him and uh, I don't know if they got much in return. Isn't it a top 10 pick this year? Yes, it is. I think that's, (laughs) yeah, exactly it. I think they gave it to the Jets, right? So yeah, I kind of shake my head at that. I mean, two first round picks for a safety who can't really cover people is is not too bad. That's right. (laughs) 
taking a little different tack here. Uh, at the end of every season, there's always a bunch of coaches fired. Was there any that surprised you this week? I think the only one that, for me personally, was a little bit surprising was in Miami, Brian Flores. Didn't 100% expect that one, particularly right away. I thought maybe, if anything, it might come within the next couple of months. But to happen all at once, uh, that one was surprising. But I think there were some issues with him and ownership, so maybe not that surprising. I was a little bit shocked in with the Bears getting rid of their GM as well, but uh, I guess it was a two-for-one deal. As a Dolphins fan, I'm always interested in perspective of outsiders there. If they were going to fire Flores, I think they should have fired the GM, Chris Greer, as well. Yes. Um, you know, you have two winning seasons with, you know, not elite talent. I think that's good. But as you mentioned, I think it goes beyond that. It's been rumored it's more about relationships and, and how he got along and What's your opinion on Tua Tungavailoa? Is he uh, going to be an elite NFL starter? I think he's getting there, particularly in the latter half of the season. He was showing a lot of promise, which is one of the reasons I think that I was a bit surprised that they let go of the coach because I think he was, the two of them, I think, were showing some good developmental progress. I think he's got some good potential, and it's going to be really interesting to see next year with their coach and how his own personal progress goes, depending on who they get as a coach. I think he's got a lot of potential and I think they just have to find the right fit. I personally still would have rather had Justin Herbert but uh, mm-hmm. you know we're, we're stuck with him now. Do you think the Dolphins might chase Deshaun Watson? I hope not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big Watson fan. I don't know if he should be back in the NFL at all. I think they would be better off with Tua and just developing his progress or you know looking elsewhere. I am a hundred percent with you there. I do not wish to pay Deshaun Watson $40 million a year, plus yes. give up a ton of draft picks. So anytime that you have a quarterback on an entry-level contract, it's almost like free money. You know, free. you have a chance. Yeah. If if you can really compete in those four or five years, that's the way to go, as the Seahawks know with, with Wilson yeah. when he was cheap. Let's shift on to this week's playoff action. We'll start in the NFC. We've got the seventh seed, the Philadelphia Eagles, at the two seed, the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Aaron, how do you see that unfolding? I really hope and and really think that Tampa Bay is going to take it. I think not only in that game, but I might be Super Bowl contender again. Okay, let's have a a game score for each one. I'm going to say 31 to 14. All right, we have to side with the gambling degenerates out there. I'll go Tampa Bay 28 to 20. Next up, we've got number six seed, San Francisco 49ers, visiting the three seed, the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron, how do you see that one? I have to say, I've never been a huge fan of Jimmy G, but the last game against L.A. to get into the playoffs, I was a little bit impressed with him, but I still don't think it's enough to beat Dallas. So I say Dallas, 100%. Uh, Let's give them 37 to 21. That is a blowout. I think it'll be a little closer than that. I'll say Dallas 28 to 23. I do think, as you say, uh, Jimmy G will be the difference, but I think he'll cough it up once or twice mm-hmm. and that'll be the difference. It's classic. Yeah. And the final NFC wildcard game is the number five seed Arizona Cardinals against the four seed and my previous Super Bowl pick, the Los Angeles Rams, who are struggling a bit, and I may have to come off that one. Aaron, how do you see that one? You know, this is going to be a really interesting one. This is probably the one game I'm most excited about. I'm going to say L.A., but I'm going to say that with hesitation. I think they are the better team. You know, Matthew Stafford has never really done that well in playoffs, so... It's going to be tight. I think it's going to be really close. I think this could be a a one or two point 
game. So I'm going to say maybe 24-21, something like that for L.A. Yeah, I think this has a chance to be the best game of the weekend as well. Stafford being in Detroit all those years hasn't had a chance to prove it in the playoffs. I actually think he'll have a big game, and uh, I think the Rams take it You know, also fairly close, 28-23. I will shift over to the AFC, the very lucky Pittsburgh Steelers, who snuck in very late. They're the seventh seed, and their reward for sneaking in is to play the number two seed Kansas City Chiefs. Aaron, how do you see that one? That's sort of as NFL justice as you can get, I I suppose. I was really disappointed. I will be 100% honest to see the Steelers sneak in that way. I was just hoping for a tie and uh, hoping that L.A. would have gotten in, the Chargers would have gotten in. But it is what it is, so I'm taking Kansas City, and I really hope it's a blowout. (laughs) I also like the Chiefs in this one. I'll I'll go 31-13. I don't think it'll be that close. Yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, This is my other potential best game of the weekend. You've got the six-seed New England Patriots at the three-seed, the Buffalo Bills. How do you see that one? You know, this one's also, again, I think out of the AFC, this is probably the game to watch. Josh Allen kind of fumbled a little bit through this season. He, you know, ended on a better note for sure, much better than he started. And Mac Jones is kind of the opposite of that. I'm rooting for the Mac Jones and the Patriots. I can't believe I'm saying I'm rooting for the Patriots. But uh, Mac Jones, I think he's what the only rookie, I believe, QB in the playoffs. So I'd like to see him win. I think the Bills will take it, but I'd like to see the Patriots win. Yeah, I think it'll be an exciting game. I don't know that it'll be a high scoring game. I, I'll go Buffalo 17 to 16 in a, in, a, in a squeaker. Yeah, that's close. I'm going to say 21 14 for the Bills. And the final game of the weekend, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders, the five seed at the four seed Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Raiders are going to take it. They're not the most consistent team, but I heard this really interesting stat that the Raiders are the first team in the last 60 years to make it into the playoffs with a mid-season coaching change. So I'm going to root for them. I'll say it's going to be close. So say 14-12 for the Raiders. I'll take the opposite side there. I I like Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I'll go Bengals 30, Raiders 21. Mm -hmm. So maybe a little bit higher scoring. Mm -hmm. And if we're making Super Bowl picks one more time, how about right before the playoffs, uh, another Super Bowl pick? I think a pretty close repeat to last year. I'm going to go Kansas City. And I hesitate to say Green Bay because I really don't (laughs) want to see them get in. I'm going to say Kansas City, Green Bay. I hope it's Kansas City, Tampa Bay. All the way along, I've been saying Buffalo and the Rams. I'll stick with that tentatively. I'm, I'm not nearly as confident with it as I was before. Uh, as a backup, I, I agree. I think the Packers and the Chiefs are, are the most likely to, mm-hmm. to make it along there. And one final topic that uh, is always a favorite of the fans is officiating. They tend to take a, a very big role. Your thoughts on officiating in general? I think this year, because there's been so many tight games that have come down to the wire on one call, it's really, really put a thorn in the sides of fans like it normally does, like you said. But I think, you know, this year, and maybe because it's personal and it's happened with some Seahawks games, I just really wish, and I know we've spoken about it before, that sort of that eye in the sky, they've got the technology, they've got the ability to do that. I wish that they could review plays using video, either that or what they do in the CFL and have coaches have the ability to challenge certain penalties and keep it as the same rules as a regular challenge for plays. I don't think it would slow the game down anymore. Maybe limit it to one a game. I think that would be a really fair way of going about it. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of the potential eye in this guy. You, you don't want to over-officiate, but I, I really do think it would save them a lot. I'm also a fan of making pass interference plays 15-yard fouls. You see an awful lot at the end of the halves or the end of games. You see the purposely underthrown pass, yeah. pass interference calls, and, and I really think that really riles up people. But yeah, I, I think the coach's challenge is, is probably the best. I think you're right about, especially the pass interference, and they just go, you know, why not? You might as well give it a try. And I just, it just seems like it's sort of taking something away from the game in that sense. Yeah. So how are you going to spend your football watching weekend? Well, a little disappointed because I don't have the Seahawks to cheer for, but I always love to keep an eye on uh, particularly some of the younger quarterbacks. So I'm really impressed with Mac Jones. So I'm going to be watching that game closely and the LA game quite closely as well. Because like I've said in the past, LA just went all in and Sean McVay was just the wonder coach of the decade. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that and uh, and how that shapes the NFC in, in future years as well for the Seahawks. So keeping an eye on those sides but watching all the games a little bit uh, disheartened. I'll, I'll fully admit that. Aaron, we'll do this again right before the Super Bowl. Thanks so much for joining us. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. That's this edition of PQ Beat, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. Buying a home is an important milestone. Find the right realtor and the right listings for your needs at todayshomebc.com. Powered by Black Press Media. With easy-to-use search filters and direct links to realtors and their websites, you'll get all the information you need to find your perfect home. Search hundreds of local listings and get access to the top real estate professionals to help you find your perfect property. Get started now at todayshomebc.com.